0: Hey, everybody, it is Trags, Mike Petralia, back with the latest episode of the Jungle Roar podcast, and it is my pleasure, as always, to welcome in the Person, The gentleman on the other side of the uh, internet here, that would be the one, <laughs> one and only James Rapine, one of my very favorite buddies on the beat. There's no question about that. I'm not just BSing you. I'm being very sincere about this. You can follow him on Twitter at James Rapine, but you know that by now. You know his great work from Locked On Bengals, the only daily podcast exclusively devoted to the Cincinnati Bengals and of course follow him on allbengals.com and si.com. Welcome back James. Uh we've got a kind of a hot football team on the prowl right now, huh? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun
1: to cover. Thanks for the the kind words. Uh I do think it was hyperbowl a little <laughs> bit uh as you like Still to say, but yeah, that, oh no doubt. No, it definitely yours. I, and I would only drop that line here on the Jungle Roar podcast, but I appreciate you having me
0: uh so let's first of all wrap up really quickly what happened in nashville on sunday there are defining games i think in every team's season and i think what the bengals did to a healthy derrick henry holding him to 38 yards on 17 carries he did get out for that 169 yard screen pass that cam taylor caught him from behind fumbled in the end zone and traylon burks uh hopped on it for the touchdown Tennessee's only touchdown of the day but I think what the Bengals were able to do there was uh in that game show how tough they can be their mental fortitude um they were down 10-3 in that game they were uh, on the verge of being down at halftime before the missed field goal Uh, and then they came back and dominated in the second half to me more than anything else the way they played in the second half on the road against a first place team shows me that what this team could be capable of in the final 6 games and beyond. No doubt,
1: they're they're battle tested and the fact that you're able to to go down there and and win without Jamar Chase, win without Joe Mixon, they wouldn't have done that last year. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have won them in the in the divisional round without Jamar Chase. I'm not sure they would have won a game last year without Jamar Chase. That's how vital he was right. to this team, to their success. When he didn't go, it really was tough sledding on offense, and that's the the hope now, right, is that, oh, well, now you get Jamar back. The offensive line has hit its stride. Joe Burrow is playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league really outside of week one. They've won seven of nine, five of six, and to your point, Sunday's win was the first time I think they – they finally dug themselves out of the hole that they started the season in right and they've been fighting it and battling it and it was 0 and 2 then 2 and 2 then 2 and 3 then 3 and 3 then 4 and 3 then 4 and 4 and it just up and down up and down up and down 6 and 5 wouldn't have gotten it done we'd still be talking about oh it was a slow start and oh pittsburgh and while wow, that game still hurts week 1 i think they've dug themselves out now where it's like okay now you're 7 and 4 it is what it is you were perfect in November and you had this big win over a Tennessee team that was red hot. They had won seven of eight. You go on the road, you're shorthanded, you get it done. They're definitely going to the playoffs, the Titans. So you get it done on the road against a playoff team. And now you have these six games where you can really measure yourself against uh, some of the best teams in the NFL. And by the way, I don't think the Bengals have played their best football yet with Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon coming back. We could
0: certainly see that maybe starting on Sunday against the Chiefs. And it's ironic to me, James, that the biggest tackle of the day was made by arguably, right, the smallest player on defense, Mike Hilton. On that last uh, Tennessee drive, he comes and chops wood, literally chops wood, gets Derrick Henry at the ankles, knocks him to the ground. And to me, that was the defining defensive moment of that game for the Bengals, for a guy of Mike Hilton's stature with a broken left pinky and we say oh left pinky it's still it's mangled and he's playing with you know some pain and discomfort in that pinky he goes in low on derrick henry takes him to the ground and really to me uh even though it was later in the game sets the tone uh by his second takedown of derrick henry in that game well
1: i don't know many people that could have surgery even if it's in you know one place well his pinky he had surgery in three places Right, and they they didn't play him not because of pain for precautionary reasons they didn't want it to get worse for that one week. I, I don't know many people in our business that would type with a pinky like that and go one handed. <laughs> they would they would send a backup in. So yeah, I agree with you. I I think I Mike Hilton. No, I'm not a hey, a, hey. but I think that uh, Mike Hilton is one of the toughest players in the NFL. Yeah, I love the edge he has to him. I love that he is this family man, nice, kind-hearted, smiley guy who jokes around off the field. but my God, it, on the field, he will hit you. He He's will guard uh, at some high end receivers and, and he will step up in the run game. I, I just I love his game. And guys like him are why you if you're buying stock in the bengals why it's safe to buy stock in the bengals because it isn't just burrow it isn't just chase correct it's all these other pieces as well that make big plays when they're called upon
0: no there is no question about that james and i think you know both mike hilton and joe burrow said this after the game to your point we are who we thought we were and Mm -hmm. I think that is a way of everybody in that locker room kind of galvanizing around, Hey, we know what we were early in the season and what our record was, I should say. But even through all of that, even through all the ups and downs that you mentioned, James, they never doubted who they were as a team and what they would come out to be uh, at this point of the season and turn out to be. Yeah.
1: I I think that that's cool. I mean, especially a young team, a team that if if anyone would have predicted a team to have a super bowl hangover of the rams and bengal's i think a lot of people would have said the bengal's at least nationally and when you start 0 and 2 and you feel the the pressure that comes with that it's hard to respond it's hard to respond to 2 and 3 and continue to to bounce back to to bounce back on uh, a short week after getting crushed on Monday night football, losing your top corner right. and not having Mike Hilton. And, and this team has done that. It, it, it's hard to, to win three out of four without Jamar Chase. But I, I think that as good as they were last year and as magical of a run as it was, there wasn't this adversity that they faced this year. They're more battle tested. The, the adversity last year was more about they're young and they've never been there. You got a rookie receiver leading the way, a second-year quarterback who uh, didn't even play an entire rookie year, all of these things, young head coach that was 625-1 going into 2021, all of those things. This year, it's how do I overcome this? How do they overcome losing Reader for the majority of the season up to this point, not having Cheeto, not having Jamar Chase for a quarter of the season. Uh, like a, a lot of key pieces have been out. And yet you look up and they're seven and four. And I went back and I, I looked, I was like, okay, well, where did I have them after 11 games? I had them at eight and three. So they're not far off. And I certainly didn't have them starting zero and two, So they're not far off of the pace that I had them on
0: at the start of the year when obviously expectations were sky high. What did you think of Tyler Boyd on Monday during his zoom call with us comparing Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to the Brady Manning rivalry? I, I, think it was fascinating and you know i just wrote a column for clns media uh, on my bengals beat uh, notebook that i actually see the bengals as having an advantage in that comparison because i think the bengals compare favorably to the patriots through that period because of their defense i think the bengals can define themselves they have joe burrow and great weapons let's not kid ourselves they absolutely have that but what I'm seeing with the Bengals defense, I don't think it gets talked enough about. And it's very similar to what it was in New England in the early 2000s when you had Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis, Ty Law, Vince Wilfork, you name it. I mean, they had great players on defense and they all got overlooked. And that's kind of how I see right now, anyway, very early on. Uh, if they're if you're going to do that comparison, that's how I see Joe Burrow and against the Chiefs. I I've,
1: I agree with you. I think that that's the the edge, right? I, I think on any given day, Joe Burrow can be better than Patrick Mahomes. But let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes is a freak. So yeah. if there's one, one game where you don't say, all right, well, they have the edge at quarterback, it's a game against the Chiefs. And weapons-wise, I would give the Bengals the edge, but it's close. And with this matchup, we'll say, all right, Jamar Chase coming back, we'll see. But the big difference on paper is the defense. The Chiefs have never won with defense. It's not something that they've that they've done. Meanwhile, this Bengals defense has Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, D.J. Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard having a career year. Logan Wilson, uh, Jermaine Pratter, or Louis P, depending on who you ask in the Bengals locker room. Like they have guys at every level that make a difference. And so, not having Chidobe Awuzie does that hurt? Yeah, because he sure as hell would have been a guy I would have mentioned in that group oh, that I just no mentioned. Question but they still have guys at every level and I, I, you know, Chris Jones is great and there are players on that chiefs defense that you have to be aware of, but it's not the same. And so when you look at the Bengals and how they compare and stack up with the chiefs or stack up with any team in the AFC, I do think the defense, it's a big difference, right? It's their skill players because there are great quarterbacks. There's a great quarterback in Buffalo. There's a great quarterback in Kansas city. So it's not like they're the only team with a great quarterback, but skill players, probably have the best in the league when they're healthy you combine that with that defense and i I do think it it gives them an edge in
0: these games i do too and uh i want to also get to another point about the messaging and i thought zach taylor was almost borderline brilliant last year when he came up with the why not us and then burrow turned it into it is us remember that and now we hear Zach Taylor come up with the messaging they have they got to play us meaning he turns on its head the whole theory of how are the Bengals ever going to survive this um, gauntlet of a run uh, against some of the best teams in the AFC well let's not look at it that way they got to play us and I think that is a terrific way of kind of spinning the message in the bengals favor the, turning the psyche in that locker room um in a in a way that gives everybody confidence that hey forget about us having to go on the road at new england at tampa bay playing you know um, obviously kansas city and baltimore and buffalo they got to come here and play us
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, that should be the mindset because like it or not The Bengals beat the Chiefs last year twice in a month. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. They did something that the Bills couldn't do, which is stop Patrick Mahomes with the game on the line. And they are the defending AFC champions. And when you look at the past nine weeks, you could argue they're playing as well as any team. And they've dealt with injuries to more key players than any of these teams that we're talking about as legitimate AFC contenders. So absolutely, Uh, it's uh, this Bengals team having that mindset is dangerous. And it's dangerous because they haven't played their best football yet. And if you have that mentality of they have to come play us, and by the way, and I'm speaking in terms of of them, we know how to win without Jamar chase. We know how to win without Joe Mixon. We know how to win and they've done it without T Higgins earlier in the year. We've overcome those things. And now all these guys are here. And by the way, the offensive line is playing its best ball. We might be talking about the best offense in the NFL. So as great as the the defense can be and, and as consistent and steady as they, as they've been really over the past two years, this offense has a gear that we haven't seen yet. We didn't see it last year consistently because of the offensive line. We didn't see it earlier this year whether it was T going down, the offensive line working through some things, Jamar being out. It's been one thing after another. And so I think their hope now is, okay, let's get it all together and and let's roll. And by the way, if they do start to roll, I'm not sure if there is any team on paper that looks at the Bengals and Well, I'll just stick with the straight defensive coordinators. Defensive coordinators that look at the Bengals' offense and don't stay up all night and lose a lot of sleep the week of a game because of all the weapons they have to prepare for. Because I think there's a chance they deliver on the preseason expectations over the next six weeks offensively and play at an
0: extremely high level. And if they do that, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. They're going to have to – Deliver at a very high level on a couple of in a couple of spots against Buffalo. There's no question to me at home they're going to have to execute in that game if they want to keep pace. Assuming Josh Allen's elbow holds up and the Bills are that offense is still what we expected to be uh, with a week to go in the regular season. I think they're the scariest
1: team because who guards Stefan Diggs right, and then the other guy that isn't guarding Diggs is on Gay Davis. Like they're scarier to me than the Chiefs. In a
0: straight playoff game, especially if you would have to go there on the road. No question. And uh, by the way, if we're going to go down that path, that's where I think you start to see different things from Lou Anarumo, like perhaps Dax Hill. Um, You might see uh, Mike Hilton used in a different way, probably on one of those two, I would think. Uh, but I'm just throwing that out there, spitballing right now pretty much. But let's stay on the here and now. Samaj P. Ryan, what do the Bengals do with Samaj AP Ryan if Joe Mixon is back this week? He goes back to his
1: normal role. Maybe he gets a, a few more snaps on passing plays. Look, Samaj AP Ryan has played well. But Joe Mixon appeared to turn a corner uh, against the Panthers, plays – a quarter and a half against the Steelers and then hasn't played since obviously suffers the concussion. I'm not throwing the towel in on 26 year old Joe Mixon. And the the other aspect of this, if you look like at at run game efficiency and my podcast partner, Jake Lisko looks at all these nerdy stats, Mm -hmm. but I I will use one. They've been extremely efficient since week five. One of the NFL's best running teams efficiency wise, maybe not most yards, but they've been efficient. Well, guess what they are? They're a drop back passing team that needs to be efficient on the ground. They're not going to run it 50 times. That's not what they are. And so I am curious to see how, how Joe Mixon runs, and especially after seeing Samaj P. Ryan have some success. So I think it'll be a tandem. Maybe P. Ryan gets a few more carries. It's not a competition. Joe Mixon's going to going to get the start on Sunday, assuming he's healthy.
0: Here's what I've noticed about the Bengals running game. Bengals are running much more gap schemes. They're running quicker no to doubt. the line of scrimmage. And they're not getting caught. And because they're doing that, they're not getting caught in the backfield as much, waiting for the wide zone uh, to develop. You agree with that?
1: No doubt. I mean, that's that's really when they made the changes, week five in that range. They got it going a little bit against Baltimore. And, and then you, you saw it slowly develop, slowly develop. And Mixon's been better in recent weeks like he made a couple plays against the Steelers before he went down obviously was insane against the Panthers so let's just let's just see here I know he's taking some heat and I get it because they struggled early but it feels like it was a a slow developing kind of like the way slow developing uh, wide zone play in the run game overall but they've completely switched the scheme it took them some time to to switch from wide zone to gap but they've done that and it's been successful and that doesn't mean P Ryan isn't going to get carries I just think Mixon's going to get carries too. And right. seeing Pirine have success, I, th- I think he may change his style a little bit.
0: I also think, James, James Rapine of si.com, allbengals.com, and locked on Bengals. I think it's important to understand this is not either or, it's both. And I think, Jay, I think Joe Mixon is going to get his carries. I think Samaj P. Ryan is still going to get his opportunities, maybe even more so in, in short yardage situations. But one thing I want to see from Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor, don't be predictable. I don't want to see Samaj P. Ryan coming in every third down. If it, and if he's on the field third down, it's a run. Or if he's not on the field with Joe Mixon, it's a pass. They've got to stay out of that tendency. Well, mentally, Mixon has to get better. He has to be a better pass blocker.
1: And to me, it's mental. It's not physical. I mean, the dude's a giant, right? He's It's it's a mental thing. And so figure that out because Travion Williams has figured it out. At least he did. He had a good pass block rep the other day and he wasn't getting a ton of reps uh, out there. So my JP Ryan, we know what he is as a pass blocker. That's the difference. That's what makes it hard, right? To To put Mixon out there on third downs. But I agree with you. It can't be... P Ryan on third downs and and Mixon on the other we, and we've seen that before, right. mainly with with Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon in the past, can't be the case. You, you need Mixon to be dialed in here, focused, and be able to stick people when they come in and try to hit Burrow. Know where the blitz is coming from, read it, understand it, all of those things. And I know that's uh, that's been a point of emphasis for Joe and that of all of the things when people talk about dancing in the hole and all of it, you know, hesitating, waiting. That's the thing that irks me the most because I think he has the physical ability to be one of the best pass blocking backs in the league. And yet it has not come to fruition. And I think that's held him back as a player. I think it's held this offense back and uh, hopefully he gets a little better at it during this final stretch.
0: What do the Bengals have to do to contain Patrick Mahomes this
1: Sunday? Well, it starts with Kelsey, right? I mean, Travis Kelsey's having who clearly the best uh, tight end in the league, uh, you know, one of the best tight ends ever having another great year so much for all the talk that he wasn't going to play as well without a Tyreek Hill, or he had, you know, reached right. that point where he was going to be on a downswing and that's kind of a, from a fantasy football aspect. I know people thought that coming into the year uh, didn't happen. So can you contain Travis Kelsey? It's much, much easier said than done. I mean, him and Mahomes have such a rapport together. So it starts there. But the thing with Mahomes is he gets outside the pocket, he makes those plays, and the Bengals did a good job of this. Don't let him outside the pocket. Keep him in there and, uh, and make, uh, make it tougher for him to make those explosive Patrick Mahomes-like plays. So if they can do those two things, I think they have a shot. At the same time, the Chiefs, they're a little more dangerous in a way this year than in years past. And, and last year, what the Bengals did was pretty simple. All right, we dare you to run the ball, and we dare you to throw it to someone not named Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. And they didn't have the answer to that. Well, now there's no Tyreek Hill. And so they're okay throwing it to Marquez Valdez-Gantling. They're okay throwing it to Juju Smith-Schuster. They're okay throwing it to Kadarius Toney if he can play, and we'll see he's day-to-day with the hamstring. Like, they have all these other weapons that might not be the name of Tyreek Hill, but they have more options. They have more variety. And when you have
0: Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, that's uh, a dangerous combo. They do not have McCole Hardman, who is out with an yeah. abdominal injury. And that is a big, big loss for them because he's their speedster. He yeah. is their speedster. I was going to say uh, they didn't have Tyree kill at the beginning of the year, but they still had McCole Hardman. And he is maybe not. But, <laughs> you know, step for step as fast as Tyree kill, but doggone close, and not having him in that lineup, I think, you know, certainly helps the Bengals to some degree. Certainly, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, you're playing uh, Cam Taylor Britt, a rookie, and you have Eli Apple on the other side. I actually think Cam Taylor Britt is getting better and better. I think his foot speed will help in this game, but I I am concerned about him getting beat downfield. I mean, you know, we saw it against the the Titans. He was actually in position on that deep ball but just couldn't make the play. Got to attack the ball. You know
1: that—that's the part. He, you're right. He stayed with Burks, uh, but it's going to be different going up against some of these veterans. You know, these savvy veterans. And Patrick Mahomes' arm—spoiler tracks. Patrick Mahomes' arm is not Ryan Tannehill's. No. So It's going to be a little different. <laughs> going to be a little different out there. And uh, it, look, it's going to be a challenge, and it's—it's it's a good test for him. And he does. He needs to continue to get better because they need him. You know, they need Eli Apple to play the way he did against the, the Titans. I thought he played well. I thought he's uh, bounced back the past couple of weeks and and played at a pretty high level, made some some big plays. So, uh, you know, I, the Panthers game, right? he, he made a couple plays early on that, that made a difference there. So th- that's that's the weak spot. If you're going to talk about a weak link on the defense, it's there at that cornerback spot, not Mike Hilton but Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt, and they need the rookie to continue to develop and they need good
0: Eli because good Eli is pretty darn good. Okay. If the Bengals are going to win this game, they can't fall down 14 points, three times like they did in the first game. They can't fall down 21 to three. I know they came back twice in epic performances in the second half. Thanks to Lou Anarumo's um, game planning and strategy and his adjustments. Something apparently Ryan Day did not uh failed to do oh, by the whole uh, university of up north. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get past I'll say that. Michigan anyway. Okay. Go ahead. Um the Bengals can't fall behind uh like they did in those two games and expect to do it three times in a row. Um I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna have one or two touchdowns, believe it or not, in the second half this time. But I do like the Bengals coming out on top 31 27. Do you really? Yeah, I, I think
1: it's a tough game. I and you know, I haven't really thought of a prediction yet. It's you know it's still Tuesday. Heck, we were in you know forty eight hours ago, Nashville, and, and watching the Bengals have that one. So I, I think it's I think it's a tough game. It's their their toughest game so far. I think the Chiefs have been the best team in the league up until this point, but it's a great test. It, it's a great test because you get to see how you stack up against the class of your conference, and whether it's the Bills or the Chiefs, those are the two teams that uh, everyone has kind of penciled into that AFC title game. Well, the Bengals should have something to say about it. And Dolphins fans are probably mad at me. People just don't have you there yet. Sorry, Dolphins. Titans fans, let's be real here. So at, at, this, at this stage, it, it'll be good to see, you know, where they stack up. Uh, but I agree with you. Can't get down like that and expect to come back. And I kind of want the, the duel. And, and maybe it ends up happening in the playoffs. But the Burrow-Mahomes duels, when, when a team is just dragging the other uh, for the first half, and then the, the second half, it's right. the other way. That isn't as fun as the back and forth could potentially be. And I think this game might have more of that, where yeah. it's a, all right, he I, answered. It's time to answer. It's, I don't think either team gets off to a super slow start or a big lead. I think it's more tight the entire time. The Chiefs are going to come in focused. You want to talk about revenge? They want revenge that there couldn't have been anything worse than leaving arrowhead without a win in that AFC title game. They want revenge on the flip side. This game matters a ton to the
0: Bengals and their playoff chances. So a lot on the line. Indeed. The Bengals, by the way, James, I'm sure you know, this have played two AFC divisional leaders. They are two and oh, they have a chance to go three and oh against AFC divisional leaders, Titans and dolphins is what you're talking about there. Correct. And, um, I, you know, never thought I would be able to say that. At well, they're two point, and one because because of the Ravens. If you that's correct, yes, uh, against teams outside. Thank you for the correction. But outside of the AFC North, yes, against team, and they're actually two and two if you consider divisional leaders across the NFL because they lost to the Cowboys. Or no, 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 I haven't played the Eagles. So I there you go, See? Two, and so two, two and one, two and one, two and one, but two and zero against teams outside the afc north still you know impressive what,
1: you know what that stat was it was like all right on games after 4 27 p.m on on thursday night at it was so specific that it made it sound
0: i'm just kidding you know those yes. stats that they have yes i do i do very much but as always the track James, stat. yes uh it's always a pleasure having you on this podcast i'm gonna have you back and you are probably um, the favorite to beat out Paul Daner jr for most appearances on the jungle Roar podcast you, you know you, why why is that I know why because I'm prettier than Paul and when you're prettier
1: than Paul you show on a, a you get asked to do a, a video cast more often because it's not just a podcast it's also on YouTube and so yeah I'm I'm just you know better looking he knows you that. do
0: realize yeah you, know, you do realize I'm clipping this out and gonna shoot a text of this video
1: too that's why I said it Paul Daner jr I'm prettier than you Sorry.
0: You can catch him on all uh, com. You can catch him on S- si.com. And of course you can. And Mike Hilton shrug, you know, he just. well, oh, but the, the pinky would be. <laughs> I don't have that really. pinky. <laughs> um, And of course you can catch him on locked on bengals every day. You do a fabulous job, James. Anything you're uh, pushing this week, anything you're on.
1: No, uh, you you covering? just
0: you, you just you just covered it for me, man. Uh, all of those spots, if you're looking for Bengals coverage, I got you covered. There you go. There's James Rapine. Follow him on Twitter at James Rapine, all word, one word. You can follow me on Twitter at Trags T R A G S. Be sure to subscribe on the YouTube link and watch and follow all season long for all of your Bengals play uh, (laughs) all of your Bengals coverage on and into the playoffs we'll see about that Uh, the last six games we'll have a lot to say about that possibility but be sure to click on that link we want to hear all of your comments good bad and indifferent till the next time he's James Rapine I'm Mike Petralia Trags, and thanks for watching this episode of the Jungle War podcast